All right, like I said, this is the end of the end. And if you have not uh, been here, we have been in a series on the end times events that the Bible speaks of. And we've talked about different things like the rapture and the antichrist and the tribulation. Um, Then we kind of transitioned and talked about heart posture. What do you do with doubts? Because every single person doubts from time to time. Um, where, where are we in regards to our focus in what the Lord is doing in the midst of those end times? And just as a reminder, uh, God put these things in the Bible, uh, not so that we'd be, we would be afraid, but he put them in the Bible so that we would know that he's ultimately in control. And so if you didn't get to hear any of those messages, go to our YouTube channel, look up Shine Church CO for Colorado, and you'll find all of our messages, and you can uh, listen to those. Um, I, I, I feel like they have been uh, incredibly given. I Pastor DJ and Janelle uh, filled in while we were gone, and they did a great job. Great job, DJ. Thank you so much. Janelle's not here, but let's give them a hand real quick. Um, thank you, guys. I want to thank Peter, and I want to thank the rest of our staff and the rest of this church because the inspiration and the ideas that all of you guys gave in regards to this series uh, was it just made it so much better. I truly enjoyed the conversations that I had with people that wanted to talk about end time stuff, and it really helped us to, to prepare for the series. And as I said at the beginning, it was one of the hardest ones to actually put the notes and, and prepare for, but it's been one of the funnest to actually present and give. And so uh, I'm kind of a little sad that the end is ending. You know, so, uh, but we do have something exciting uh, for that second week in, in July as we head into a new series, and I'm super excited about that, so get ready for that one as well. But let's pray, and we'll jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the life that comes from your word. We ask that you would speak to each one of us today. God, I am excited about this message and uh, the potential to bring just a hope and a joy and an excitement, a wonder to every person listening. And so, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear your heart. God, I pray as the song we just sang, help us to see us the way that you see us. God, we want to believe about ourselves what you speak over us and what you what you think of us. And so, Lord, I, I pray that this message would deliver that kind of heart to every person into this room. And so I pray that you would use me, that I would decrease, you would increase in me, so that the words that I speak would be from your Holy Spirit. And Lord, as I speak them out, I pray that everyone listening would just receive what you have for them. Lord, change us today. And Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been saying in this entire series that one of the things that we're not going to do is be dogmatic about certain positions. Um, I'm going to shift a little bit, and I want to talk about two things that I am going to be dogmatic about in regards to the end of this age. I want to talk about two things that I am incredibly confident that absolutely will take place, and that will happen. First thing that we all are going to face, and that is this. We will all stand before the Lord. Okay? We will all stand before God. And I know that not everybody believes um, that there's even a God in this world that we live in, but that doesn't change the fact that we're all going to stand before him. I give the example of gravity. Um, Whether you believe in gravity or not, Um, If I step off this, I'm not going to go up, I'm going to go down. 
every single time. And it doesn't matter how good I am at teaching. It doesn't matter how good that you might be at teaching. You might even convince people that gravity doesn't exist. But if they step off that, they're going to fall down every time. In regards to standing before God, there is a creator that created every single one of us. And every single one of us is going to have to stand before him. Okay? Now, I'm going to read some scripture. And if you're new to the church, we're interactive, and we pass the microphone around, and I'm going to ask a question, and I hope you will uh, be bold and confident and t- to share some of your thoughts. But as I read through these scriptures, I want you to think or, or pay attention to how it resonates with you. And um, I'm going to ask a question at the end after I read through these. I'm going to just basically say, are these scriptures encouraging Or are they discouraging it to you? Okay? And so let's read them, and then I will get to that that question. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. 1 Corinthians 3.10-15. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wide builder, a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but will yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Revelations 20. Uh, before I read this, just want to remind you that at the start of Revelation says, blessed is the one that hears these words. Blessed is the one that reads these words. And so I believe there's a blessing in having an understanding as we even just read this small section from Revelations. Revelations 20, 11, 15 says this, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Okay. Real quick. Well, maybe not real quick. Um... Help me out. Let me first ask this question this way. Just by a show of hands, as I read through those scriptures, how many of you, it kind of resonates with just a tinge of discouragement? Be honest. Okay. How many, as I read through those, have themselves feeling like, oh, that was a really encouraging words? Okay. And then the rest of you just don't know. <laughs> I, you're not Switzerland, okay? If you are not Switzerland in here, I, I'm going to try this one more time. Please respond. It's okay. Let's be real. Let's be open and honest. As a matter of fact, I will say this. I practiced this with our staff this week. And 
every staff member said discouraged. So let me try this again. As I read through those things, talking about the judgment, that we're going to stand before the Lord, how many of you feel yourself feeling maybe thoughts of anxiety, worry, or discouragement? Okay, that's more of what I thought. How many of you are filled with wonder, excitement, and hope? Okay, a few of us. Um, all right, now comes the, the, the bold part for you. Why? Why did you find yourself discouraged? Why did you find yourself encouraged? Would you please be willing to share with us? Right here. And remember, just state your name so that we know who you are. Hi, my name's Rosanna. I wasn't discouraged or encouraged. I felt uh, accountable. Hmm. So I felt like, and it's important for me to be accountable to things because then I can, I need a guideline. I really need a guideline. So I felt accountable, which made me feel like, okay, this is the way, you know. Okay. Let me ask a follow-up then question. When you think about your own personal life and the accountability that, I love that, that these call you to, are you encouraged or discouraged about your life? I know I need to be more accountable. And I need to okay. to follow the, the my, I need... There's some things that need to be more in line with what the scriptures are saying. Yes. Yes. I love it. But so, you're not beating yourself up for it. No. I love that. Okay. It's, like, it's love a guideline, it. and I feel, I do feel encouraged. I guess I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. I love it. That's, uh, what a great, what a great response. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Hi, you came right real quick. <laughs> I was like, right there. My name's Katie. Um, I think... It, it's just how many layers to God's character is there? And I think I just feel the gravity of that situation, like on judgment mm. day, standing before him, he is our father. He is our friend. And I know I'm covered in the blood of Christ, but like you're still standing in a holy place. And I think sometimes we forget the holiness of God is a big deal. So mm. standing before so him good. and going like, I know I've messed up and this and this and this and this, but you've forgiven me, but I'm still like she was saying, accountable for those things. Mm. There's like a gravity to that that's for so, me. That's so good. Okay, already you guys are much deeper than Saturday Night's group. <laughs> I'm just telling you that right now. This is so good. Somebody else, um, the why to whether you were encouraged or discouraged. Karen, I was encouraged to, I think of um, people that I've tried to talk to that just don't get it, and they do things that I think, yeah, it's going to happen. One of these days, you're going to have to <laughs> be judged for that. And that's not that I'm not going to be judged, too. I, I know I will be, and I'm, it, that, like what you said, sorry, I forgot your name already. <laughs> There's a lot of things I have to work on in my own life, too, but it just makes me remember to think about that so that I, I feel encouraged by the fact that the way we live our life is so very important and we're not going to get away with anything. And a lot of times in this world, people do bad things and um, doesn't seem to be any recourse for it. And yet what I say to my children is it'll come. It, they'll <laughs> all, they'll all stand before it. <laughs> you know, God. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. That's so good. Um, we do have the text number, so yes. So somebody texted in, as good as we uh, th might think we've done in life, concerned that we might fall short. 
Okay. Uh, I, real quick, how many of you think you're just doing really good? <laughs> Interesting. Um, how many of you think that you're you're struggling, that you're lagging behind what God? Okay. All right. Anybody else want to share? Yeah, Ben. Ben, and for me, I think I get encouraged and a little discouraged as well, uh, depending on what part you're reading. I think it's cool. I think it's a little scary that we're going to stand before the Lord and have all that be judged. But also in the end, I highlighted when it says, uh, if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. Um, Which I think is cool that even if we you know, we're missing the mark on what we're doing, that doesn't affect our eternal salvation, you know, like that we might not get the reward, but hey, we're still there, which I think is kind of encouraging. That's so good, yeah. Knowing that the scripture talks about our righteousness is filthy rags, God gave us a provided way, which is Calvary. And with that provided way, that's encouraging to me. Because with that provided way, that's our way of escape. That's our ladder out of the pit. Oh, so good. And that's what's encouraging to me because I see he, he showed us the end of the book. And oh, to me, so it's good. just the greatest thing because that's, that's how we get out. Okay, so good. Thank you for sharing, guys. All right, so let's talk about this. We're going to stand before the Lord. And... Every single one of us is not going to get away from this. No one is going to escape this, okay? I want you to understand that. Um, And I do think that by nature for a majority of people, that tends to bring kind of a... Uh, a negative or a, or a discouraging feel into our lives. And the reason is because we are not good at saying that we're good. Not a single person rose their hand when I said, do you think you're doing really good? Why is that? Let me, let me transition, and, and forgive me if you're not a parent in this room. I realize that sometimes the analogies that, that come to mind don't, don't speak to you because you either aren't married, you don't have kids, uh, but I think you'll be able to get this. But as a father, I would always want and desire my kids to see themselves in a good light. Yes? And if I'm a sinner, the Word of God says how much more Does our Heavenly Father love us? I want you to understand that when we stand before the judgment seat of the Lord, the Lord is not there to try to condemn us for how we've done our lives. Just as a parent wouldn't stand over their kids and always, at least I believe a healthy one, wouldn't always just harp on all the negative things their kids do, but they want the best for their kids and they want their kids to see themselves as they see them. This is our Heavenly Father. He wants you to see how He sees you, and yet not a single person rose their hand when I said, are you doing good? Oh, you did, Karen. Sorry. You, you got to go higher. Karen, Karen, this doesn't work. This, this, it's got to go up here. No, I just... I want everyone in this room, when that question is asked, to go, yeah, I'm good, because God sees me as good, because of what He did in Jesus Christ. Let me show you in Scripture what this looks like at the end when we stand before the Lord and we're going to be judged. We already talked about the one that said reward, but I want you to listen to these scriptures. What is God's heart for us in this time? All right, Revelations 22, 12, they're red letters. What does red letters mean? Okay, this means that Jesus said this. 
Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. Okay? It speaks to the fact we're going to stand before him. He's going to give to what each person has done. But what is eerily absent here, or excitedly absent, is any form of judgment, punishment, or discipline. Look, if you think that God is going to have you stand before him and he's going to look at you and try to discipline or punish you for what you've done on this earth, then why didn't Jesus say it this way? Look, I am coming soon and my reward and punishment is with me. He didn't say that. And when he speaks, I think he's very intentional about how he speaks. And I want you to know that the only thing he brought up was reward. Hebrews 11.6 says this, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith it is impossible to please God, but because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Once again, where is judgment? Where is punishment? Where is discipline? Uh, Matthew 16.27, for the Son of Man is going to come, these are red letter words by the way, in his Father's glory, with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Again, where's judgment? Where's discipline? Where's punishment? It's all about reward. John 14, 1 through 3, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to, there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Jesus is off preparing a place for each one of us because he wants us and he's looking forward to us being with him and he's preparing a place for you and I. And we're going to stand before him and we're going to, church, I believe we're going to stand before him for two judgments. The first one, and maybe judgment's not the right word, uh, we're going to stand before him and give accountability. I love that. For two things. First, what did you do with Jesus Christ? Okay, That's the book of life. In that section of scripture where it says, and books were opened, and then another book, it was called the book of life. There's a separation here. I hope you see that. I believe firmly that there's two different things, accountability, we're going to stand before the Lord. First one, what did you do with Jesus? Did you call upon him? Did you ask him to be Lord and Savior? Now, if you're wondering if you have done that in this room, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, for me, answers this question. Because it says, those that have the Spirit of God can say, Jesus, be Lord. Those without the service or Spirit of the Lord can say, Jesus, be cursed. So real quick, on the count of three, say, Jesus is Lord. One, two, three. Okay. On the count of three, I want you to say, Jesus, be cursed. One, two, three eerily silent in all services when I do that. Why? Because there's something in us that realizes, yeah, Jesus is Lord, right? And so if you wonder, if you're debating, then I want you to sit in front of a mirror and see if you can actually say, Jesus, be cursed. Because I don't think from the heart of your hearts, if you have Jesus in you, you will ever be able to say that. And if you can look at the mirror and from the depths of your heart go, Jesus is Lord, then guess what? That's what's in you. You have the Holy Spirit. So don't ever debate or question your salvation at that point and understand that that book of life, your name is in it. And I don't believe anything can take that away from you. Okay? But then, the books that were opened. We're going to stand before him and I, I want you to, I, I love what you said. I, the weight, 
There is a weight. There are certain things that every single one of us in this room, we're going to be held accountable to what we've done on this, on this planet, on this earth. But I want you to understand that the Father's heart isn't to punish or to tell us how bad we've done. Our Father's heart is only to reward based on what we've done. So there's a weight here and a balance because as a pastor, I, I need to kind of come in and I need to say, you're going to be held accountable for what you do, but understand you're going to be held accountable by a father that wants to simply reward you. And so I put it this way. If you really want to stand before the Lord and just get rewarded like crazy, then hear his voice and do what he asks you to do. I believe that's what we're going to be held accountable for. Romans says that anything done without faith, faith comes by hearing from the word of God, okay? So anything that's not done by faith is sin. So if you want to know whether you're missing the mark, ask yourself this question. Am I doing what I'm doing because I heard from God or am I doing what I'm doing because somebody else told me or because my flesh is doing that? Are you listening to God? And I believe that's what we're going to stand before him and those things are going to be tested by fire. But as Ben said, even if you never get anything right, if you've called upon Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Guess what? You're still going to be in eternity with him, and he's still going to reward you. That's a reward in itself. We're going to talk about that in a minute. That's a reward in itself. Amen? Good? I hope that you know there is no condemnation in those who serve the Lord Jesus. Man, I, I had somebody text me last night after hearing this message, and he wrote this, and I didn't even see this in the study. He wrote this, even the way Paul puts it when writing about the judgment day in 1 Corinthians 4, 1 through 5, when discussing being judged by God, he concludes in verse 5 this way, therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one, now listen to this, then each one will receive his commendation from God. It doesn't say, it says the darkest places of our lives will be revealed before the Lord. And you know what? The only thing he's going to do is re reveal to us what he commends us for. Okay, that's a good place for amen. I don't know, but dude, unbelievable. The scriptures just speak over and over that our father's heart Hey, Father's Day. Our Father's heart is to love us, reward us, commend us. And I know that each one of us probably struggles very much with the internal battle that we're not good enough. And you know what? You're right. In our own flesh, we are not good enough. But because of what God has done through Jesus Christ, he counts us worthy. And he is just waiting for a church that will see themselves the way that he sees us. Man, if you want your kids to see themselves in such a good light, how is that going to, you know your kids catch what you do more than what you say? And so if you don't walk around saying, I'm God's favorite, how are they going to? That seemed harsh. Love, 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 love. I want you to see yourself as God sees you. 
Do that. Radiate that. Let that flow from who you are so that your kids catch it, your neighbors catch it, your coworkers catch it. We have got to see ourselves as God sees us. And when we do, then we won't be scared of this day. We'll be excited about this day. Somebody said last night, it's gonna, he's like, that's going to be my favorite day. If you knew that you're going to stand before the one that created you and he's going to commend you and reward you for the things that you did when you were listening to his voice, that is a favorite day. I can't wait for that day. Yes? But we beat ourselves up internally so much. Church, let's stop doing that. Stop doing that. Let's see ourselves as the way that God sees us. All right, two things. Two things that we know will happen at the end. One, we're going to stand before the Lord. I hope that I've changed your perception of what that looks like. I hope that you're looking forward to that day now and not being discouraged, not filled with any anxiety or worry, but there's an excitement, a wonder, uh, and a hope looking forward to that day. The second thing is this. A new heaven and a new earth will come. A new heaven and a new earth will come. There's several scriptures that talk about this. We'll read one in just a minute. But before I read and speak into this, I want to ask another question. So I'll ask the guys that have the mics if you guys will stand back up. Um, and here's the question. If a guy from downtown Castle Rock that doesn't know the Lord and wants to seriously uh, start thinking about Christianity um, and how God set things up, and he walked in the doors and he, he came up and he said, Pastor, can I just ask the, your church a question? I'd say, well, yeah, absolutely. So give him a microphone, and he stands up and he says, um, people of Shine Church, I, I would just love to know, um, I've heard about this place called heaven, and I know that you believe in it, um, but can you describe it for me? How would you answer that question? Uh, and the eternity in God's presence. I think that if God is all good, all perfect, all love, that's heaven. Okay. Eternity in God's presence. Good. Somebody else. I just picture me in my spiritual body, no longer like weighed down by medications and glasses and unnecessary weight, you know, and um, just everything that I carry that, that hinders me in my life, and I just see myself in my spiritual body and just so grateful. And then seeing people that maybe just being reunited with people, and mm. and I also see, I also feel like with in heaven we're gonna just understand, like we're okay. gonna. It's like. We are not going to have any questions. It's just going to be like, oh, okay, we got it. I got it. Okay. I'm going to jump into the, the shoes of that guy that just came off the street. So you're telling me I, I won't have any burdens? I won't have to use okay. my glasses anymore? Okay. Is that what you're saying? Yes. This is a cool place. Um, okay. That, that's awesome. And, and I'll get to be reunited with loved ones potentially? Yes. Wow. Okay. That's, that's awesome. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. That's encouraging me to, to know heaven a little bit better. Yes. Thank you. That's good. Somebody else. What is heaven like? Anybody else want to lose their glasses? Medications they're on? A few extra pounds? I mean, I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Eli. Um, I would just say total peace. Total peace. Uh, yeah, that's what I picture. 
I can't even fathom that. What What do you mean, total peace? Just, uh, just being um, present, you know? Just uh, all your cares, all your worries, everything that's on your mind, just that takes you away from the present, you know? Kind of just right, being... So you're, so you're telling, not only do I lose all these things, but then I don't have any anxieties? Yeah. I don't have any worries? Exactly. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Okay. This is cool. Just total peace is I'm, what I'm I I'm like in this place. Anybody else? What else? Catherine, um, I think of, like, the Garden of Eden in its original state and how Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the evening, that when we're in heaven, that we'll be able to just walk with God and talk with God and have conversations with him. Mm. Love that. We'll get to know the one who created us. Love that. Okay, you, you, oh, right here. Um, yes, to all of the above. <laughs> so I won't restate that. But I also um, have in my mind that um, we'll be more unified as in like, and I don't know what this looks like, but maybe we're part of each other. Um, mm. You know, I, I think of it as God said that we are built, you know, as his temple. And mm. each stone is placed the way he wants it, right? Um, and I don't know, I've just ruminated about that before. But, like, maybe we move as one body. We are as one body and, of course, in the presence of the Lord. And there's only joy there. So, That's so you know. good. Wow. I, uh, things that we can't even fathom Om almost like maybe in a again forgive me if you're single in here but almost in in a marital relationship where you start to finish each other's sentences you just know you know could heaven be where the body of Christ we just we just you said it we just know things um yet but it's a continual learning process right okay I'm gonna shift the question real quick because you guys have convinced me I this seems like a really cool place uh but what am I going to be doing there if I if I choose to do this, what am I going to be doing? Um, what, what all the angels are already doing, praising God. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to be praising. Are, are you saying I'm going to be singing all the time? Singing, dancing. Because I don't really like to sing, so that <laughs> doesn't sound real happy. Well, maybe you're for more me. of a dancer. Okay, you know? well, <laughs> <laughs> okay that's that's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably haven't seen my moves, but whatever, okay, all right, all right. Whatever it that's looks good. like for you to rejoice, that's what it looks like. You know, okay, okay, God. okay. Somebody else? What, what will I be doing? I'm Amy. Um, I think someone over here said something about Adam and Eve, and they had a job. They were given responsibilities to perform and then somewhere else in the Bible, I'm not going to be able to remember exactly, it talks about um, God gives us things to rule over. And so I think, you know, I kind of think, just based on some of the reading that I've done, that he gives us things that play to our gifts. Oh. And, um, oh. and the, the things that bring us joy. And those become our our roles, the things that we are given to do for all eternity. I, I'm just 
I'm just speaking for myself, but I, I would much rather rule than sing. Um, <laughs> I'm loving that. Thank you for sharing that because that's helping me. I think there'll be some singing too. Yeah, I do think so too. <laughs> I, I totally do. Somebody else, what will I be doing? All right, I'm going to shift the question. One last question, and I'll go into um, what I want to share about this. If we went downtown Castle Rock to a group of people that don't believe in God, um, that maybe are atheist, um, agnostic, and we just had an open discussion with them and said, um, what do you think heaven is? And, and what do you think that Christians will be doing? If they get to go to heaven, what do you think they will be doing? What is somebody that's in this world, um, what do you think their perception of heaven is and what we'll be doing in heaven? How would they answer that question? I'm Patrick. Um, they would say we don't exist anymore because they don't believe in God. There is life and death, and that's it. Okay. We're from the earth we came to the earth. We'll go again because yep. we'll decompose and all that. But there is no eternal life. Once you die, you're done. Okay. So yep. for them, there is no heaven. Very hell. true. Very valid point. Absolutely. Let's say you were able to open their heart and get them to go, okay, maybe there is a heaven. What would their perception of it be? What are we doing? Something you hear about, oh, Claudia, something you hear about is like we turn into angels and you're going to be sitting on a cloud playing a little thing. That's pretty boring. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of the answer I was looking for. I think the perception of heaven is that we're going to be sitting on a cloud. Wings are going to come out of our back somehow. Um, I, or, or maybe not, but we, we become some kind of form of angel or something. Um, we're going to be strumming a harp. Maybe occasionally people, other angels, I don't know, bring us grapes and we get to eat the grapes while we're playing. Um, I, it's not a real um, exciting picture of heaven. And here's what I would propose to you. Um, if we don't have a, you guys with the mics, you can sit down. Thank you. Um, if we don't have an understanding of what heaven is like and we believe in that um, and we can't explain it, um, how are we going to change the perception in the world to what our heavenly father is actually preparing for us right now? And I hope that even just in this um, dialogue that there's something that starts to stir in your heart. I had a gentleman that's been in church for a while say, I don't know if I could have answered this question until I started hearing all of these answers. And so I hope it's encouraging for you to understand that there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And this new heaven and new earth is going to be completely different than what we experience here and now. And it's going to be a place that's better than we could ever imagined or hoped for, okay? Now, I'm going to try to paint a little bit of a picture, but I, I'm going to fail. I'm just going to let you know right now, I'm going to fail in regards to explaining heaven to you, but I do think the Bible speaks a lot to it and tries to give us some direction and give us some hope of what we should be looking forward to. So I have four thoughts in regards to heaven. The first one is this, where will heaven and earth be? 
there's a perception, especially because of the whole theory on rapture, that we're going to be raptured, that we're going to be taken up. And I think this is where the whole cloud and harp thing is. We get raptured and we're going to go up to this place that's not here and we're going to be standing there. But I want you to listen to what the word says about this new heaven and new earth. Revelations 21, 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be, will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then said, write this down. For these words, these words are trustworthy and true. Uh, uh, five verses, let's start reading that every morning and realize this is what's coming. There's a new heaven, there's a new earth, and it's going to be right here. But everything's going to be new. Everything's going to be renewed, restored. It's going to go back to what I'm going to submit to you. It's going to go back to God's original intention. What was God's original intention? That heaven was here on earth. What is heaven? Where is heaven? Heaven is being in God's presence. Heaven is the creator of you and I and being with him. Heaven for Adam and Eve was the fact that God walked with him in the cool of the day. Heaven is God. Yes? It's not necessarily a place that we're playing harps and eating grapes. It is being in the presence of the one that created us, the Holy of Holies, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one that is infinite in wisdom. And we're going to be in his presence. It says he comes down and he dwells with us. We only see palely in comparison right now. We have the Holy Spirit and yes, the prayer that Jesus gave us was that we would bring heaven here to earth and we get to see glimpses of that in pieces and parts. But when this day comes, he will come and we won't see with any veiled glasses. We'll be in his presence. His in original intent was that heaven was here on earth. His final intent is that heaven will be here on earth. Acts 3.21, interesting little scripture. Heaven must receive him. Who's him? It's Jesus, okay? Heaven must receive him, Jesus, until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. He's been telling ever since the fall, ever since sin entered into human mankind, he has been telling prophets, he's been telling people, this is what's coming, this is what's coming, this is what's coming. Jesus died he ascended to be at the right hand of the Father, but he's only there right now for a, a time. He's preparing a place. He's getting with Dad, working it all out so that they can come down and restore everything. Everything. Again, I feel like my words are lacking right now. 
But I'm telling you, and I will be dogmatic, this is going to happen, and you're going to want to be there. Number two, what will heaven and earth look like? What will heaven, well, okay, we know that's the presence of God. So what is this new earth? What is this going to look like? All right, so I don't know about you, but um, when I have been given the opportunity to go on a vacation, and I mean a vacation, not going to visit family and friends, I mean a vacation, where you get to go away, you get to go to somewhere new. Um, the process, you know, a few years ago, we got to take our daughter to New Zealand, and we got to go explore New Zealand for about a month. And we spent weeks and weeks and weeks looking up all the different aspects of New Zealand, okay? And one of the parts of that process is that we would go onto a website called TripAdvisor. Anybody else been on TripAdvisor? Right? And you read through some of the things that you potentially might go see, might, what might go do, and all those things. I, I hope that you will forgive me if you think this is blasphemous at all, but I'm going to read uh, the second half of Revelations 21, and I'm going to ask you to just close your, eye, close your eyes, and I want you to picture what John is giving us as a TripAdvisor review. Because until you go to that place, all you have is what people have said and seen about that, yes? So that's why we read those things, because we want to see if this is a place that we want to go to. And so close your eyes for me and listen to John's TripAdvisor account of this place. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lord. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold. Picture that measuring rod of gold. To measure the city, its gates, and its walls. The city was laid out like a square as long as it was wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 1,400 miles in length. 1,400 miles wide and 1,400 miles high. The angel measured the wall using human measurements, and it was 200 feet thick. The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx. The sixth ruby, the seventh crystallite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each gate made a, out of a single pearl. I don't even know what that looks like. One huge pearl that makes a gate. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. I hope you're seeing this place because the pavement is gold that you can see through. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and the Lamb is its lamp. 
The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it, and on no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no, no, no more night. They will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. And I give it a five-star review, by the way. what will it look like? It's going to look like nothing we've ever seen. Ever. It's going to be an amazing place. It's going to be a place where you are going to be continually learning because you're in the presence of God. And I want to dispel, and I hope that my words are, are communicating this, but I want to dispel that it won't be a place of boredom it's not going to be a place where you have to do things that you don't enjoy. It's going to be a place where you are going to get to function and operate in what you were actually created to do and be. Amen? What will we look like? Sorry, let me wrap that up. Original intent is that there would be an indescribable beauty and that God would be fully with us. Final intent, same thing. Tyler, go ahead. Do you have the mic? When I heard that uh, the city was 1,400 miles long, um, I decided to look up how long Colorado was from east to west, just to have a point of reference. And Colorado is 380 miles long. Yeah, so four times. <laughs> four and a half times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's... Absolutely, and, and that high. Okay, you know we don't we we live in like one and two story houses, right? With a with a walkout basement type thing, right? No, we're we're going to be living at any stage on the in this city, right? Israel they build on top of each other, houses, houses, and, and I I don't know how do we get how do we get to our place that's fourteen hundred miles high? Whoop, we're there. I don't know. It's gonna be amazing, though. That's absolutely amazing. All right, what will we look like? 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 54. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Philippians 3, 19. Their mind is on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly wait await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. 
Okay, the older I get, the more I don't like this. I don't know if you relate or not, but this all goes away, and I will actually have the body that God created me to actually have. And there will be no more glasses, at, or maybe there, but they're technicolor glasses. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Maybe spy glasses. Do 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 do. I, I, it'll be something that we actually. This is cool. I, we are going to be changed. And we're not going to have to deal with the things that we deal with in our fallen, broken bodies, our earth, earth intents. Amen? Amen. Original intent, God created us in his image. Final intent, we will have our original intended bodies. Amen. Last one. Number four, what will we do? Will I be bored? C.S. Lewis has a quote in the Chronicles of Narnia that speaks about heaven, and this is what he says. The work is over. The vacation has begun. The dream has ended. This is the morning. All of our lives in this world has only been the cover and title page. Now at last, we are beginning chapter one of the great story which no one on earth has ever read which goes on forever and in which every chapter is better than the one before. Oh my gosh, this, every time I read it, it gets to me emotionally because all of a sudden I begin to realize that what we're living right now, according to C.S. Lewis, is just the title, that's the cover page and the title. And when we pass from this world and we get to go into what he actually originally intended, we're going to a place where every chapter of our lives just gets better and better, and better, and it starts from no more pain, no more tears, no more weight of, 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 of burden, sorry, um, no more weight, uh, all of that, we're, we're going to be in that perfectly created thing, bodies, and that's just chapter one, and we get to just go from day to day to day, are you going to be bored, no, you're going to worship him, we're going to sink, we will, but it's not going to be Something that we have to do. It's going to something that comes from the inside of us. We're just, it's just going to come out. Because when you're in the presence of the Holy of Holies, you're going to want to rejoice. You're, I'm just telling you. Don't worry about it. Don't have to muster that up right now. I think we do model it here in worship. I would encourage you. Participate. You know. Start singing. Open your mouth like the word said. Open them. You got to open your mouth for the miracles to happen. Right? We need to enter into that. But there, it's just going to happen. Okay. We're going to worship. We're going to know him. We're going to know him, the infinite creator. I, I, I've always pictured it. Have you ever had a revelation from the Lord when you're reading the Bible and it just motivated you all week long? You're like, oh, that was so good. <gasps> and, and you lived on it all week. Can you imagine that for eternity? With no negative think. No, I, oh, man, just amazing. We will serve him. We will rule. Um, it, it's going to be an amazing place. You will not be bored. I promise you. John 17, 3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Here's the good news about this. We don't have to wait till we die. Or we don't have to wait till Jesus returns. We can participate in this right now by simply walking in that relationship with the Lord because eternal life is knowing him and he wants to reveal himself to you right now. Revelation 22.3, the throne of God and of Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. We will get the honor, the great honor to serve him. And I want you to 
I want you to break off. We, we will do work. We will serve. But it won't be like work we do today. It won't be the thing that we dread waking up sometimes every morning. Oh, I got to go do this. It's going to be what we're created for, our purpose, our plan, the thing that brings us excitement and joy and life. And it's not going to be a burden of work. It's going to be a joy of serve. I hope that resonates what I'm saying. Original intent is that we had fellowship with God, rule with him, and inhabited final intent. Why would it be any different? Okay, so how do you get here? John 14, 6 says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We know this scripture. If you've been in church, you've heard this scripture. I want to encourage you, ask Jesus into your heart if you have not. Because the reward of that, and I really hadn't seen this until I was studying for this one, but the reward, no one comes to the Father except through me. If heaven is being in the Father's presence, could you potentially replace that and say no one comes to heaven except through Jesus? If in his presence is heaven, then we come to the Father through understanding who Jesus is. And I know there's all kinds of other beliefs and all kinds of different ways to to try to achieve you know, nirvana and all those things. But Jesus walked and talked on this planet and he gave us the roadmap. And I realize it's fairly narrow. Most people will say Christians are very narrow-minded. I'm just telling you, yeah, it's narrow because it is the way that our created creator created. And so ask Jesus into your heart. Final thoughts and we'll be done. First, the end of this age is going to come. It's going to come. Is it going to be in this lifetime, our lifetime? I don't know. I'm with John at the end of chapter 22 of Revelation and where he says, come Lord Jesus. Yes, come Lord Jesus. The more I read about heaven, come Lord Jesus. The more I read about the fact that he's going to reward me and commend me, come Lord Jesus. Absolutely. Is it going to happen in our lifetime? I hope so. But if not, I do know this. It's going to come. There's going to be an end to this age. Final thought number two, and that is simply this. We may have to face things before that time comes, but I want you to know that God, through his Holy Spirit, will give you the grace to go through whatever you need to get through. So don't worry about whether you'll have enough stamina or be able to stand up or, or whatever if persecution and different things come, trials and tribulations. Know this, that if you're connected with God, the Holy Spirit, at that time, will give you the ability to go through that. Okay, And I know, I, I mean, terrible things have happened to people. And I, I know that may be hard to, to grab a hold of. But I want you to know that he is faithful to take us and walk us through these things. Okay? Third and final thing. You know, we've been talking about heaven. And it's an amazing place. And I, I can't wait. I mean, every time I do a message on this, there's just an excitement. I hope I've stirred an excitement in you. Um, kind of like, I can't wait to go to that vacation because I just read that trip, trip advisor report. Oh, my gosh. I, guess what? I can't wait to get here. This is, as the guy said last night, this is going to be, this is my favorite day. I, you know, we're going to get to go here. Uh, but maybe the greatest reward, and, and this is just a thought that I had, but maybe the greatest reward will to be able to actually think about ourselves the way God thinks about us. We will no longer be hindered by our feeling that we're unworthy. We will actually be in the presence of our dad and we will see ourselves exactly how he sees us 
And I promise you, it's nothing but good. It is nothing but good. And there won't be even a thought. I I can't even comprehend what I'm about to say. But there won't even be a thought of insecurity. Can you even imagine a life like that? I'm standing here before this message going, oh, Lord, God, please. Dealing with insecurity of being able to deliver a message. It's amazing how we are constantly consumed with those thoughts. We're going to get to go to heaven, and none of that's there. None of that's there. And we're going to see him for who he is truly, and we're going to see ourselves how he sees us truly. Now, here's the beautiful part, and I'll finish with this. He wants us to know these things now. Started this with church, please grab a hold of how he sees you. I'm going to finish it with church. Please grab a hold of how he sees you. Stop condemning yourself. Stop beating yourself up. Stop having such a negative view of who you are because that is not how your father sees you. Grab a hold of how he sees you. And I promise you, if you will do that and you will tap in and graft yourself into that thinking, don't worry about what you do or don't do because it will naturally come into the line. I believe that with all of my heart. But you've got got to let his Holy Spirit speak to you. You are beautiful. You are loved. And you are exactly the person God created you to be. Believe that. Live from that place. Because that's when we begin to see heaven here on earth. And then know there's a day coming. And I hope you're filled with wonder, excitement, and joy, and hope. There's a day coming where you won't even have to have that wrestling thought. Because you will just know. You will just know. And so that, my friends, is the end of the end. So. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the promise of what is to come. We thank you for the fact that you um, have just given us um, a, a picture. Um, and I, I understand it's dim in our, in our human fleshly minds. But Lord, you've given us a picture of what is to come. Lord, I pray that we would focus on that more than we would focus on any end time event or any controversy or anything that's going on in our world. We would focus on our Heavenly Father and the great things that you have established and planned for us, not just for eternity, but even right now. So Lord, I pray that, that those that are struggling with insecurities, that are struggling with self-perception, Lord, I pray that you would, by your Holy Spirit, confirm what I'm speaking. God, I pray that you would make it so evident that you are pleased to call us son, you are pleased to call us daughter, and you want us to fully comprehend and understand how you see us, that there's rewards coming, there's commendation coming, and that that's all that you have in heart and mind for us. And so, Lord, I thank you, and I pray that you would encourage each and every one of us. And so that as we see events and circumstances of the end times start to unfold and manifest. God, we would be a people that would be excited about those things because we're firmly established and planted on the rock of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Amen. Amen.